Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Hey, everyone listening out there in radio land and podcast land. I'm your host, Laura Stewart, and it is a rainy day outside the studio today. We don't have a lot of rainy days here in Florida, and maybe I'm strange, but I love rainy days. It's like I have permission to stop, pause, and take a breather from my what seems like overly full schedule. I feel cocooned when the rain comes. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I love it. I, I like nothing better than curling up with a good book or good company or talking with my favorite listeners on the radio on this wonderful rainy morning. It's weird, but I am also more productive on rainy days. I wonder what last week's guest Bobby Kipper would have to say about rain and performance-driven thinking. I think I'm going to have to ask Bobby next time I talk to him. Today we are going to seg from last week's show on performance-driven thinking to how finding happiness where you live most is a possibility. And what we're talking about when we say finding happiness where you live most, we're talking about happiness inside, not from the external world. And my guest today is a televised self-esteem expert, a speaker, consultant, and the author of Good With Me, A Simple Approach to Real Happiness from the Inside Out. She is a licensed mental health counselor, certified addictions professional, and an acupuncture physician. She founded Focus One, an outpatient substance abuse treatment program licensed by the state of Florida since 1989. For over 26 years, Patricia Knoll has helped thousands of troubled individuals from all walks of life discover the secret to real happiness from the inside out instead of from the outside in. She knows firsthand that being good with me and happy for real is easier than you think. She is also a personal friend and one of my mentors. Um, Patricia Knoll's Dr. Knoll, actually, her addiction treatment manual has received endorsements from Deepak Chopra, Jacqueline Small, Dr. Larry Dosey, and Jack Cornfill. This show today is not about addictions like you normally think about them. What this is, is if you are a caregiver, if you are a human being on this planet, if you are trying to find your eggs, find out who you are and what drives you, but you still feel like no matter what you do, you can't maintain that. You can't sustain the happiness inside. You you achieve what you think your goals are, and there's still something missing. We're going to be talking about all those things, and you're going to be learning some wonderful tips and tricks for learning how to be happy and good with me. So welcome, Patricia Knoll, to the show. Thank you, Laura, for having me here. I'm delighted and excited for all the tips. Hey, Patricia, I need you to find a different spot to talk to me from your cell phone. Patricia's calling in from the west coast of Florida, and we had good signal a moment ago, but you got to love the cell phone world. <laughs> oh, is that any better? That is better. Thanks so much. Okay. So, Patricia, you know, I've read your book, and I actually read your book before it got published. That's right. What made you come up with the title, Good With Me? The title is what it's all about, Laura. If, If we aren't good with who we are, then nothing else seems to work very well in life. So, Good With Me just 
was easy, it's catchy, it isn't hard to remember, it's simple. Now, you've been in a world of addiction counseling for a very, very long time, dealing with a lot of tough situations when people are at, in most cases, their lowest moments. How did you get involved with that path and come to these ideas of Good With Me? Well, Laura, to be honest with you, it's my own path. It's my own journey through life. Um, I have lived the life that my clients come to me with, and I always thought there was something wrong with me because I wasn't happy like everyone else seemed to be. And I didn't know what to do to feel better other than, what, drink too much alcohol, shop too much, eat too much junk food, you know, all of those things we could all fill in the blank there. Um, I always had to have all the right things, look good, be the center of attention, and then just always thinking that I was okay and as good as everyone else. So I really understand where people are when they come to me from that place of not being okay with with life and getting in trouble and maybe having a lot of addictions going on. You know, a lot of people don't think of junk food or shopping as an addiction, shall we say. I mean, I know I, I love to shop. Um, sometimes for me, it's less about the buying than it is about going out there and looking at things. Um, mm-hmm. But I discovered that I have a sugar addiction <laughs> to, to boost <laughs> my mood. Cake. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely the chocolate cake thing. I mean, yesterday I found out I have a, a basal cell on my lower eyelid. Dr. Mallon's office is going to take care of it. Thank you, by the way, Dr. Mallon's office for finding it and removing it. And the first thing I wanted to do when I get home was eat chocolate chip cookies to make myself feel better. Yes. Yes, and that's what addiction is all about, Laura. I define addiction differently than, say, the dictionary or many treatment programs. I really see addiction as being dependent upon someone or something to make me feel good or to make me feel better. Oh, I hear your puppy in the background. Yay. (laughs) I plugged in another phone this morning thinking it was going to work so, yeah. So you um, you think that it, you have a different definition of addiction? Yes. The definition that I use is being dependent upon someone or something to make us feel good, or at least a little bit better. Oh, that's interesting. The at least a little bit better. So it may not make us feel tremendously better, but in the moment, it makes us feel a little bit better. So we're like, okay, that shifted. So do more of it, or I have to keep doing this, or or what, or take it to the excess level. Would that be exactly? Okay. It keeps us coming back for more. And that manifests in other ways that we may think are not detrimental. I mean, there's. Uh, the whole celebrity world, right? Looking for um, accolades, looking for applause or whatever it may be constantly, and you're not happy unless you're being acknowledged, acknowledged, acknowledged. Would that be an accurate statement as well? Absolutely, absolutely. And that 
you know, comes from the same place that any addiction comes from in terms of my definition. You know, the applause, the praise, even, Laura, take a look at Facebook today. You know, it's about being liked. And I hear, especially from some younger people, they really get upset if they don't get enough likes for the post that they make. Yeah, even though the algorithms from Facebook sometimes work against you having mm-hmm. a post even seen. Right, but that isn't what it's about. It's about like me, like me, like me, like me. It's all about getting that approval and looking good for, for many people. So what do you what do you do if you have begun to recognize, or actually, let's step back. Um, when you're working with your clients, how do you work with them to get awareness that this behavior is beginning to happen? To begin paying attention to what they're thinking. That is such an excellent question, Laura, to ask. The very first question is, what am I thinking? We're all thinking all the time. And, you know, we have somewhere between 50,000 and 70,000 thoughts a day, and the biggest percentage of them are negative. And we don't even know it because we haven't been taught to pay attention to what we think. And everything starts with a thought. You know, the way I feel is just a thought causing the feeling that I'm having. The way I behave starts with a thought. It's the thought, then the feeling, and then that creates the way I behave. So if we can begin to pay attention to what we're thinking, we can start to see, is it negative or is it positive? What's actually happening? Okay, it sounds like, okay, we should just be able to figure out what we're thinking, but it's not always that. It it sounds simple, but I I know it's not. It's like when I talk to people in my book, What Would a Wise Woman Do, about realizing the questions you're asking before you ask them, because they, they may not be the right question to get the answers you need, so you have to have awareness. But I would think that this is a little more difficult than thinking about your questions, right? It's about your thinking overall. I mean, what are you saying to yourself? What are you saying to other people? What are What's that voice in your head? I mean, how do you even begin to stop and get it together? The, the minute, and, and such a great, great question, it's a question I'm asked all the time, and it's, and it's really the foundation of a lot of the work that I do with my clients. And the way to become conscious or aware of what I'm thinking is the moment I ask, what am I thinking, I just became conscious. So I suggest that people put maybe some little notes around, some post-it notes, some sticky notes that say, what am I thinking? Perhaps wear a rubber band on your wrist, and every time you look at it, it's a reminder, oh, what am I thinking? And the more we do that, the more we practice, the easier it becomes. You know, the concept is simple, but it isn't always easy at first, and and I know that firsthand. So we just have to keep practicing. It takes a lot of energy sometimes, and yet the reward at the end is so worth it. Okay, I love the fact 
that the keto awareness is a question. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would like that. <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of asking yourself the question, what would a wise woman do to trigger you to ask better questions? And this That's one right. is brilliant. What am I thinking? And yes. just leave notes everywhere. Yes. I think we should, I think you should sell uh, little bracelets that say, what yes. am I thinking? Or we need yes. to get an app set up that says, what am I thinking? And it's on a timer. Mm-hmm. So that oh, is that's a great idea. Yeah, so it's constantly up there. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are, are tech literate or not, you can always find a 10-year-old that can help you with this. If you have an iPhone or a smartphone, I, I encourage you, when you're not driving your car or where you're a place that you can get to one spot, put a reminder on your phone for several times a day, what am I thinking? And we're going to be right back with more from Patricia Knoll and talking about how you can be good with me. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. And just before the break, uh, my guest Patricia Knoll shared with us that it really is all about the questions. And her question that she suggests we ask each other multiple times a day is, what am I thinking? And that is one of the keys to finding happiness within and being good with me. The title of her new wonderful book is called Good With Me. And I encourage everybody to grab a copy of it. I had the privilege of reading it before it got published. And it is life transforming. So Patricia, um, since the show is all about the questions... I have another question for you. Okay. In the book, you talk about a concept of two esteems. And, you know, growing up and being, you know, a human being on the planet, everybody talks about self-esteem. And when I read your book on an airplane flying to a speaking keynote that I was giving, I, I was like literally out loud, oh, my God. And people around me are looking. I'm like, oh, no, this this. This is just brilliant. It just completely changed my entire perspective on how I react to the world and how others react to the world and explains so much. Can you talk about this concept of self-esteem and other dependent esteem? Absolutely. Thanks for asking that question. Um, I discovered working with my clients over 26 years that there was a common thread running through everyone and and that common thread was not self-esteem that I've been taught to teach in a certain way but instead it was what I learned that people were dependent upon someone outside of themselves or something outside of themselves to allow them to feel good about themselves that we have been calling self-esteem. So my concept of other dependent esteem actually defies what I was taught in all of my traditional psychology courses going through school, but, and, and it also contradicts even what our fairy tales have taught us, that you know someone or something is coming along and making us happy and then we'll feel good about who we are and we'll just all live happily ever after. And that didn't happen to me, and I wondered what was wrong with me, as I said before. But what has been considered to be self-esteem, what I found in working with my clients is it has nothing to do with self. 
And so what we're really teaching, and I was teaching this in the beginning of my practice as well, teaching other dependent esteem, and we're wondering why people don't feel good. So, and here's what I mean by that. When the esteem we have for who we are is dependent upon someone or something outside of us, it comes and goes. And there's never enough praise, never enough kudos or accomplishments to last. You know, and that's what I experienced all of my life was that other dependent esteem. If you like me today and you tell me I'm doing a good job and I'm getting things done, then wow, I feel good about me. But why do I feel good about me? Not because it's coming from the inside out, but because it's coming from outside of me in. Therefore, if no one likes me today and I haven't done a lot today, then I'm not feeling so good about who I am. And again, that's coming from the outside in instead of the inside out. So it's very dependent. It comes and goes. Does it make sense? Yeah, and you wrote a recent blog post that that came about because of Monica Lewinsky's TED Talk on The Price of Shame. But there's one line in there that I want to delve a little bit deeper into based on what you just talked about. You wrote... Only a handful of us have been taught that no one can make us feel anything that we don't choose to feel. Yes. It's, you know, I read that sentence so often and I go, okay, I I need to let it go. You know, when I'm, I'm on the air, I'm a speaker, I'm an author, you get negative reviews, you get people that put you down. You know, I'm recently Mm -hmm. divorced. So all this external stuff hits and you're like, I should just let it go. What they said, it's not about me. It's not about me, but you tend to internalize it. How do you go about thinking that we don't have to feel that way? First of all, knowing that what someone else says about me says more about them than it does about me. If For example, Laura, if I don't like me, I don't like you either. I might fake it. I might pretend that I like you just so that I look good and I get approval from you and everyone else and and, um, I just fake my way through life that way. But deep down inside, what are most of us doing? We're comparing ourselves to others. We're competing. We're worried about what other people are thinking about us. So, therefore, you know, we need approval, we need to look good, we need to be right, we need to be in control of things in order to be okay. And so, when that's going on for the majority of our society, according to the research, then, you know, people are are saying judgmental things about others to the extent that they judge themselves harshly. Or to the extent that they criticize themselves, they criticize others. So it's with practice, just knowing that, um, and and there's a wonderful book that's been written, by the way, um, What You Think of Me is None of My Business. Oh, I love that. What You Think of Me is None of My Business. That's great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like something you could read. By the way, if anyone wants to pick it up, it's it's a great book. But What You Think of Me is None of My Business. And, And sometimes little kids get this. And they really understand it. But remember the remember the thing that maybe most of us grew up with, sticks and stones? Right. Well, right? We'll break my bones, but words will never hurt me. 
Did you really know what that meant? I know I didn't. I know I would repeat it sometimes if somebody was being mean to me, but I really didn't get the real meaning of that as a child growing up. And I didn't get the real meaning of it until I was using it in in my practice, in my work with others. And it really means that your words will never hurt me. So They only hurt me when I don't feel good about me and I let them hurt me. Okay. So then one of the biggest roadblocks to change is that worrying about what other people think and not really getting that words can hurt you if you're strong in yourself. Yes, yes. Okay. And that the biggest roadblock, Laura, to being strong within myself for most of us is being afraid to own that I don't feel really good about myself. And I don't know how to do that, but I'm afraid to admit it and I'm afraid to let anyone else know it. So we keep it as our secret. And there's an old saying that we're all as sick as our secrets. So if I keep that inside that, wow, I don't feel as happy as everyone else seems to be happy. I think there's something wrong with me. Or even growing up, if someone's picking on me, why are they picking on me? What's wrong with me? And so we just keep internalizing that and layering that throughout life until we get to a point where all we're doing is faking being good enough because we're afraid to let anyone know that we don't think we are. So one of the first steps to healing is to admit that there's something that needs to heal. Correct, correct. And to be okay with owning that there's something that needs to heal. That that's okay. That doesn't make us a bad person. It makes us more like everyone else. You know, do you remember as a teenager when you wanted to be different? Oh, yeah, I still want to be different. <laughs> right? But I always, say, I always say, I want to be different just like you. Oh, perfect. And we're going to go into the news in just a few moments. So we'll be back with Patricia Knoll. And hopefully after the break, she's going to share with us the four attachments and five easy tips to begin the process of being good with me. We'll be Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. We are here with Dr. Patricia Knoll, a dear friend and expert on addiction, on learning how to change your esteem to one that comes from within versus from without. She wrote this amazing book I encourage everybody to get. There, It's available wherever books are sold. Good With Me, A Simple Approach to Real Happiness from the Inside Out. And before the break, we were talking about how you get awareness to start shifting your life. We started talking about um, just so many different topics, Patricia. And I I was rereading your blog post the other day. um, And another thing stuck out in my mind is that you wrote this sentence. We can't keep on blaming others for what they do to us. Doing so is allowing them to victimize us. We have to take responsibility for our own lives by changing the way we see ourselves. And before the break, we were talking about that. Um, And you have something you call the four attachments. And you talk about it in the book. Can you share with us 
what those are? Yes. The four attachments are the things that most of us are thing on our lives without even knowing it because we are other dependent for the esteem that we have for ourselves and because we worry so much about what other people think about us when we don't have real self-dependent esteem. So the first one is the need for approval from others. I can feel good about myself when you feel good about me. So that need for approval is number one on the list. The second one is the need to look good. If I look good, I think you're going to approve of me. Hey, Patricia, we're having that cell phone break up again. So Here we go. Better? Yes, better. Thank you. Okay. And then um, this, the second one is the need to look good. If I look good, you approve of me. You like me. At least I think so. I think I have a better chance at that. And then the third one is the need to be right. Because if I'm right, I look good, and I get the approval I need. And the last one, number four, the need to control. If I can control things and have them turn out the way I think they should, so that I'm right, so I look good, and I get the approval. So you see how they all fit together? They, they really do, and they're so intertwined. Absolutely, they are. And they're going on all the time, kind of in the background, kind of like an undercurrent or an undertow in the ocean. And so we're just so used to it, we're not paying any attention to them. And they're directing our choices, um, what we, the decisions we make, and the way that we react to others. So what does somebody do with this? How do they, I mean, we talked about asking yourself, what am I thinking, um, and, and other concepts, but, I mean, there's so much to, to think about around this topic. We, I hope the listeners have started to get, okay, I have an awareness of what I'm thinking now. Um, yes. yes, I am concerned about what other people think. I worry about how I look. And when we're, I think when you're talking about how you look, you don't just mean physically look, but how you are perceived. Would that Correct. be an accurate? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. And, and a lot of, you know, you talk about Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people come to me all the time and they're like, Laura, your life is amazing. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, yeah, my life is pretty amazing, but I have a lot of stressors and a lot of other things. Why do you think it's just everything's going my way? And they're like, oh, we look at your Facebook posts. Exactly. And and actually so many people who look at Facebook posts become depressed because they don't think their life is as good as your life. And therefore, something's wrong with them. So it can it can um, backfire for a lot of people as well. All right. So we now have an awareness that mm-hmm. we are thinking thoughts that are sabotaging our best ability to be fully who we are meant to be in the world and to have lasting happiness that is non-dependent on the outside of us. Whatever that outside is, it can be people, it can be things, it could be events, it could be whatever, right? It's just with us. Mm -hmm. Right. How do you... Go ahead. You were were saying? And 
And so I, I think I was going to jump in and ask a question for you. Oh, I love questions. <laughs> it's I all about was, the questions, folks. I was going to say, okay, what do I do now with, with this? Now that I know that I'm thinking and I know that I'm thinking negatively about myself a lot of the time, maybe not every minute of the time, but a lot of the time. And so the, the next question to ask and, and to, the change to make is, okay, what can I replace my negative thinking with? So if I'm thinking I'm not good enough or there's something wrong with me, I'm not smart enough, I didn't do that right, why didn't I call mother that when I told her I would, that was crazy of me. All of those, you know, things that are sometimes so subtle that we don't even realize we're beating ourselves up and putting ourselves down to such an extent that how could anyone feel good? We would never talk to our best friend the way that we talk to ourselves. Oh, that is for sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we have got to start talking to ourselves and treating ourselves the way that we would treat a best friend. Say kind things about ourselves to ourselves. Be kind, be loving, be caring, be nurturing, be compassionate. All of those things that we do for others, we're going to have to do for ourselves. And I think one of the easiest ways to start is just pick a word for the day, something positive and good about yourself, and then just repeat that all day long, kind of like a, uh, a mantra or, a, you know, just over and over and over again. Every time you catch yourself, what am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking bad about myself. Repeat that good word. Oh, I'm beautiful. I'm wonderful. I like me. Whatever it is. So it's not so much a word as much as it is some sort of affirming phrase. Yes, it could be a word or a phrase. Okay. It could be just beautiful. could be just positive or the phrase. Mm-hmm. So do you have a, a word or a phrase for the day for yourself? My word or phrase for almost every day is, and do this. Is what? You broke up there. I can do this. I can do this. You know, you've sent I me emails that say that. <laughs> you, you go, <laughs> you send me stuff and you go, you can do this, Laura. It's one of the things I love about right. you is one of my mentors. You can do this, Laura. <laughs> right, right. I can do anything that I choose to do if I believe I can do it. So I just say, I can do this. I can do this. Whereas in the past, I would just be stuck or thinking, oh, I'm not good enough to do this. It takes someone special to do this. And instead, I can do this. I'm special. I'm good enough. Those are all my favorites. And if you look (laughs) back, no matter what you've had going on in your life, this is something I've found with all the clients that I work with who bash themselves, say they're not good at business or, you know, they're not effective at anything. And I've done it on myself, you know, running a business or, you know, going through divorces or healthcare crises. Go, oh, well, nothing ever works. The other shoe's going to drop. Why should I bother? But when you think back and look at, say, a bad situation and track backwards from a bad, a previous bad situation that happened, you can generally find that something very positive came. So I I like to say to clients, one of the exercises I recommend they do is think of something really great that's happened to you in the past and think backward in time 
until you find something bad that it linked to some event or something that happened in your life. And I really see what happens so often is from what I think is a horrible circumstance, something amazing Mm -hmm. happens because I got stronger or I chose not to dwell in the negative. Absolutely, Laura. And, And your point is such a valid, good point that you're making. And I want to want to point out that what you just said was what you think or what you thought was a bad thing until you discovered something good about it. So here's, this is really interesting that I love teaching and it's fun once we learn it. Shakespeare said this in Hamlet and that there is no good or bad, only thought that makes so. So if I think it's bad, then it's bad. I have what I have learned to do for myself is to say there is no there is no bad, there is no good, it's just what I think. But if something happens that I'm not liking to have happen right now, I didn't want it, expect it, then I tell myself this is gonna be okay, everything about this is good and something good is going to come out of it, I just can't see what it is right now. And then I don't have to get down in that dumps and that bad place and, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do and stress out over it. It's sort of like find a silver lining to retrain Mm -hmm. your brain. Find something in that situation or something else in your life that's positive and focus on that instead of the negative. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And for those of you listening out there, if you go to itsallaboutthequestions.com, you can find some great resources for asking yourself great questions um, to shift your thought process. So go to itsallaboutthequestions.com. And we're going to be back in a little bit with more from Patricia Knoll. And we're going to talk about five easy tips that you can practice every day when something comes up to begin becoming good with me and finding happiness from the inside out. I am so grateful for our guest today, Dr. Patricia Knoll, who's been sharing with us so many great questions to ask. And I've already, just during the show, been going, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? What am I thinking? And uh, we'll be right back after this commercial break with more from Dr. Patricia Knoll. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better about self-esteem. And I have a question for you, Patricia. Yes. Does everybody have the self-esteem they think they have? Almost no one has the self-esteem they think they have. Uh, the research says that somewhere between 85% and 90-plus percent of society has what is called low self-esteem. I call that no self-esteem because it's other-dependent. So most of us don't, and yet we think we do, Laura, and the reason we think we do oftentimes is because we don't know what it is. It's one of those things that until you experience it, you don't know what it really feels like. Are self-esteem and confidence the same thing? 
they're not. I can be confident that I'm good at math, let's say, or you're good at IT, I'm not. So you might have that confidence, wow, I'm on the computer, I know what I'm doing. That doesn't mean that you feel good about yourself. It just means that you're confident about that task, about being with certain people, and yet you still may have going on internally, oh, I wonder if I'm doing this right. Do they like me? What are they thinking about me? Did I choose the right thing to wear or the right thing to say? There's that chatter that keeps going on inside. And that's what I would invite people to listen for as well. One of the tips that I have for them today is just what am, what is that chatter saying? And, and that's part of what am I thinking as well. You know, I always thought confident people had high self-esteem. So I love that you explained the difference in that. Because yeah. I think it, it gets intertwined so much in society that somebody who's very confident has high self-esteem and isn't like cowering inside like a little kid wondering what's going on or thinking that um, they're not a good person or that they, they're feeling they don't know what they're doing. They may be able to do that task, but that's not the bigger picture. Right, exactly. And I would also have, and I'm going to stay with the questions here, you know, how many people are really having fun with their success or their confidence, if that's our choice of word here, for that matter. You know, when we don't feel good about who we are from the inside out, we stress too much about what we're doing with all the internal questions that we're asking ourselves are negative. Is this good enough? Did I do enough? Oh, I better do more to be the best. And how can I be better than the best? And, you know, so we keep reaching and we never get to celebrate where we really are in life. And for sure, we're not having fun with it. And I think life is about having fun. So when, and and, and as a society today, we are experiencing more stress than at any other time in history. And a lot of it is about all of the social media and the Internet and having access to everything that's going on and, being, and comparing ourselves to others. So that comparanoia, as I've heard you call it, yes. is a big factor in our self-esteem issues and our happiness yes. issues. So the keeping up with the Joneses idea is really a real thing. Absolutely it is. Okay, so what can we do now, today? What can the listeners of this show begin doing to shift their thinking? And some questions. What am I dependent upon for my happiness and for feeling good? So what am I dependent upon? Let me make sure I get that because that's that's a Mm -hmm. really great question. What am I dependent upon? And then say it again. What am I dependent upon for my happiness or to feel good? And I would think after you write down the answer set, you want to look at those answers. Look at those answers and then start to ask yourself, how much of this could I do for myself? 
And I would think how you can do it for yourself. I mean, and how? Yes, and so, how? So say you you've written down. Bear with me a moment. The the first mm-hmm. question, you know, what am I dependent upon for my happiness? And you write down this list, okay? And and maybe the list is um, the love of my family, the um, my business success, how much money I make, the chocolate chip cookies staring at me from the kitchen counter. Um, <laughs> You know, the sun shining versus a rainy day. So I've got this list. Talk to me about what's on that list. Okay. When I have my list, what am I dependent upon? And you mentioned one, the love of my family. Well, what if everyone in your family just doesn't love you? Then what? Are you stressed about that? And this is where a lot of the stress comes in. Um, Oh, I'm about to run out of chocolate chip cookies. Oh, um, I'm stressed. And how can I get enough chocolate chip cookies to last through the night? So now when we're dependent upon these external people and things to make us feel good, that's when the stress starts to come in. That's when life starts to get hard. That's when life is not as much fun as we would like it to be. You know, we all want to feel good, and most of us are dependent on something to do that rather than to be able to think ourselves into feeling good. Okay, so now we've got our list. Mm -hmm. And what are the next couple of things we need to talk about? Think about, ask ourselves. Am I really happy or am I good at faking being happy? Oh, I love that. Am I really happy or am I good at faking happy? Mm Well, that's brilliant. I love questions. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, what's the next one? Okay, then the next one is, am I having real fun or the illusion of fun? Am I having real fun or the illusion of fun? That's interesting because Uh how do you differentiate between fun and the illusion of fun? Well, the illusion of fun usually comes with price. It's a cost. If I'm um, having the illusion of fun, I'm overly intoxicated. I've had such a day. Oh, this is really fun. And Okay, you're breaking up again a little bit. So what, bit. what you were just saying was if you are having the illusion of fun, you can feel overly intoxicated by it. Well, I might have the illusion of fun because I'm overly intoxicated. Gotcha. Got it? So, but then the price comes with, okay, I have a, a big bar bill maybe, or I'm going to be sick, or maybe I'll get a DUI and spend the night in jail, or maybe I'll pick a fight with my family or friends. So there's the illusion of fun that I'm just, I'm mood altered and I'm not really having real fun. Okay. Now I know you have so many more tips and tricks, not only in your book, Good With Me, A Simple Approach to Real Happiness from the Inside Out, but you have a great website with a lot of free resources for people. Can you tell us how people can get in touch with you? Yes, absolutely. Go to goodwithme.com. Goodwithme.com, and you can actually receive a free chapter, first chapter of Good With Me there if you uh, would like to do that. Uh, you could also find me at patricianoll.com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+. And you've also been on CBS, Ken's 5. 
I have. I have. I have been on CBS Ken's Five. And for those of you and lucky enough you to live YouTube, in... YouTube, there's a, there's a um, video of the television program. Oh, awesome. So Patricia yeah. Knoll is there to help you with recognizing that the best form of good with me is the one that comes from within. I want to thank you so much for being with me here today, Patricia. Thank you for having me. It's It's been a pleasure. Remember that the right questions truly can change your life. So what are you asking yourself today? Join us next week as we talk more about It's All About the Questions. Have a great day, everyone.